Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. So good that you guys are here. If you do have your Bibles today, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And as you can see up there, there's a big old thing, title of our our message today, or not our message, but actually the um, new series that we're jumping into that says, I can't live like this anymore. And then it's got that little tagline, healing the hurt that's hurting me. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, but in our culture today, um, there are so many opportunities to be hurt, to be offended, to um, just kind of even walk in unforgiveness. And we don't really recognize it sometimes that um, walking in that hurt, walking in that offense really does play a major factor in our lives and what transpires in our lives. We might think, well, you know, I, I can compart, compartmentalize, something like that. I can put it in a little compartment and I can keep it there and it only pops up when I'm at family functions or when I'm at this certain thing or that thing. But really, we don't understand that overall it really does play a major part with inside of us daily. Like the more we, we, we're just walking things out, the more we, it, we, we let offense, we let unforgiveness, we let these things kind of um, boil or stay or hang around, the more it actually really does affect us eternally and internally. It affects us because there are so many things that we're going to unpack kind of during this, this message that uh, or this series that really kind of has to, we really have to get to kind of just um, the core of looking at our own selves and saying, am I walking in unforgiveness in an area of my life that maybe I've pushed aside, thought it was no big deal, but really the Holy Spirit wants to deal um, with all of us in, in areas of our life. Um, I know if you're like me, I'm human, and I've had things or, or situations to where, man, I have uh, let offense come in, or I've, um, you know, kind of let my un- unforgiveness of a situation or even a family member get in the way. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I know the Holy Spirit talks a lot about that. And a lot of times, again, like I said, I try to compartmentalize it, try to put it over here, and oh, it's fine. Oh, I'm good, when actually I'm not good, because I'm holding on to that offense. I'm holding on to that thing inside of me that's just kind of driving, driving me in a wrong direction. And especially in today's society, too, you think about it, there are so many, like I said, so many opportunities that forgiveness is kind of um, unique, where people kind of go, how, how do you forgive so easily? It's, it's not normal. Um, and I would say, you know, it's not just to those who are unbelievers. It, it happens to believers as well. And so in this series that we're going to talk about over um, the next several weeks, uh, we're going to talk about what biblical forgiveness is and what it's not. Uh, why we must forgive, how to forgive, and the destructive effects that unforgiveness has on our lives so that we can walk in healing and wholeness personally and relationally. Because those are two major factors in our life. Those are two key things that, 
that are very important to God because those things help us to actually fulfill what God has intended for our lives. See, when we harbor or we don't walk in forgiveness and stuff, it, it's really hard for God to operate in our lives sometimes. Because, you know what, we've got this offense going on. We've got this thing. Well, I'm only going to talk to these people, not these people. When overall, really, his heart is the fact that, you know what, I want to use you, but I need really for you to clear the clutter, for you to, to clear all of the, 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 the junk in your life. My, my, my dad's stepfather, uh, which would be my, I guess, step-grandfather or whatever, um, he was a hoarder. He collected, I mean, just, you name it. He had a shed in his backyard that probably had 25 of the same car door that went to one of his cars. Don't ask me why, but he was just a hoarder. I mean, you name it. He had everything. When he had passed away, my grandmother had already passed away, but when he passed away, then my father had to go in and begin to clean. And man, there was just so much stuff in there. And I, I could just remember, man, he had to rent one. This is how bad it was. He had to rent one of those big, huge um, uh, dumpster things, you know, that they pull up and they, it's just huge. And man, he's having to throw all kinds of stuff into it. And just as he started to, to, to clear the clutter, you could actually begin to see what the house looked like, because it was just everywhere. And really, that's kind of the intent, I think, of this, in a sense, where we allow offense and we allow unforgiveness and, and, and things that destroy relationships. We allow it all to clutter inside, but yet we don't necessarily 100% all the time want to actually deal with it. We just kind of, yeah, it's in the corner over there. Yeah, it's, it's covering up this beautiful wall, but you know what? I, I don't even want to get to that. And so we really just want to be able to walk through these things so that, you know, really what we can do is, is have God fulfill what he wants in our lives. So I asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 18 because that's kind of the main text that we're looking at today. And this is where Jesus is responding to a question where Peter asked, and we're not going to read the, this portion of scripture, but Peter asked, hey, how many times am I supposed to forgive? Right? And, and sometimes in that context, you feel like, you know, Peter's trying to be like, hey, look at me, I'm really cool. God, I'm asking you this really cool question, you know. And, and he says, am I supposed to forgive seven times? And then Jesus comes back, you know, you're supposed to forgive 70 times seven. Okay, so that's about, what, 490 times? Something like that for one person. That's a lot, if you think about it. Because we don't necessarily, I mean, you jack with me once, okay, I'm good. But you do it a second time, our nature is like, uh-uh, ain't happening again. We ain't going there. No way. And so we kind of get into this thing. And so here, um, Jesus is kind of now kind of explaining in a parable, um, what, what, what about forgiveness, right? How unforgiveness towards others should never be an option, how unforgiveness should never be an option when it comes to others. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 and 35 says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like... So he's trying to explain. This is how the kingdom works, okay? Um, and obviously, the kingdom works differently than what um, the world's kind of system or operational system works. 
Uh, I think we all know that, but I, I, I just feel like it's important for us to understand. So he's saying this. This is how the kingdom works. Hello, get ready. I'm going to explain something to you. He says, a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, and when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, but, a, but he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and the, payment, and the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, the king, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35, so my heavenly father also will do to you um, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. You could probably throw a sister in there too. So the title of my message today is Let Forgiveness Flow. Let Forgiveness Flow. Now, this story that we just read is, is, is known as the parable of the unforgiving servant. And one of the things about this, 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 um, this parable is that there are three main characters, okay? So the, the first main character is the king, okay? Then we have a servant number one, servant number two, but all of them represent someone. So the first one of the king represents God, God the Father, okay? Servant number uh, one, we hit, this is the king's servant. He, that represents you and I. And then the other servant, the servant's servant, I guess you could say, uh, number two represents others. So we have the king, we have you and I, and then we have others. So here we have Jesus. He says, you know what? The king wants to settle his accounts with his servants, right? So we can track that the fact is that these people owed him money, owed him something, and the amount that are um, the, the amount owed by one of his servants is what is said to be a thousand of lifetimes amount of debt. That's what one one uh, 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 reference that I read: thousands um, of lifetimes worth of debt. Okay, so it's ten thousand talents which kind of makes sense because really you could look it up and there's all kinds of thoughts and theories and stuff, but this is kind of a close, I kind of tried to get as close as I could. But um, you would earn about one, the common laborer would earn about one talent over the course of 15 years. 
Now, and remember, 10,000 talents, but a common laborer would earn about one talent over the course of 15 years. So that means that it would take 150,000 years for him to pay back those wages, those things. Think about this, too. How did the king let that get out of hand? Right? I mean, come on. That's crazy. But see, that's how gracious the king was. Remember who the king is? God the Father. That's how gracious God the Father is. And so, if you were to look at it in common terms right now, and, and, and there's, it varies again, but he would have owed billions of dollars. Some have said $200 billion he would have owed. Others say $400 billion he owed. This was like an insurmountable amount. There was no way that he could, he could be even be close to paying that back. And so here you have these listeners, and I'm sure they're thinking, man, that's so absurd. Um, this is probably, man, just, man, we understand the gravity of it, but it's kind of comical that you would say that much, God, Jesus. Because, man, that's just a ridiculous amount. There's no way that can happen. But see, here's the intent of the story. Here's the intent of the parable that Jesus was trying to emphasize. His point is about the kingdom forgiveness program. That's his point of the whole thing. It's about the kingdom forgiveness program and what does it actually look like. So we continue on in the story, and the king is ready to sell the servant and his family into slavery and, and you know, take everything that he owed. And, and the thing about that, I was thinking, how is he going to repay it if all of his family is in, 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 in prison or in jail? There's, there's absolutely no way. And even if he sold all that stuff, it's not even close to the debt that was owed. But I guess at least he would get something, right? Something for it. Then in verse 26 and 27, it says this, The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Now that's going to lead us to our very first important truth of today, because Jesus is showing us that there is a flow to forgiveness. There is a flow to forgiveness. So we have the servant. He begs for mercy. And again, let me read this in in verse 27. It says, Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. I just love the word compassion. Because it it shows that, you know what? Even in the worst case scenario, there's no way that this was going to be um, taken care of. King still moved with such a compassion for the person because he was, he was more concerned about, I think, this is just me, he was concerned about the soul of the person. He was more, more concerned, concerned about that. And so it says, he released him and forgave him the debt. Then in verse 28, all right, now I want you to look at the difference between what the king did and what the servant did. Verse 28 says, but that servant, right, servant one, that would be you and I, went out and found one of his fellow servants, that would be others, servant number two, right, who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, again, opinions vary a whole lot, but 
Some say that would be about the equivalent of $6 to $250. Big difference, right? You got billions of dollars, he gets forgiven. This guy's only got $6 to maybe $250, and he does not get forgiven. It said he laid hands on him, right? I don't think it's like soft hands, you know? But man, it was manly hands. Pay me back. Took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So we could see a difference here, right? Can you see it? There's a big, big difference in the attitude of the king compared to the attitude of the servant. But really, to me, this is a snapshot of the human condition. Because, you know, the human condition says, mercy for me, justice for you. Right? I mean, I've been guilty of it. Mercy for me, justice for you. Then we skip over to verse 32 to 35, and it says this. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him. Now, get the picture. Some of the master's servants are sitting there watching what's going on, and they're like, are you kidding me? This guy just got released of this debt that he owed that's like billions of dollars. Oh, my God, let's go tell the king. So then that's where we pick up. It says, then his master, as he called him, said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt. Now, here's the thing. It was sincere. It was completely like sincere. Like, I forgave you of all of that because you begged me. Should you not, have, um, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And think about that in our own lives. And we'll get, we'll get to it a little bit. Remember, we're talking about a flow here. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Okay, now before we get into the moral of the story, think about that phrase right there. He delivered him to the torturers. Now, in our lives, God's not going to deliver you to the, say, torturers, where you know, people are going to come to your house and have you know, whips and chains and all that stuff and make you do that. But you know what happens? Is when we let unforgiveness, when we let offense into our lives, then you know what? The enemy has a foothold. And the enemy begins to torture you. He does. And man, you've got all this stuff, right? Have you ever been just so angry at someone that you could just not forgive them? You were just so ticked off and mad. Oh, oh, if I ever see that person again. Well, who's driving that? Is that Jesus? Never seen him do that in the Bible. And so that torture is not so much, you know, physical. I think it's all mental. Not only that, because sometimes when you hold on to offense, and we'll get into this later on in our, our, our messages, but you hold on to offense and things like that, you know what happens? Man, physically, your body, stuff starts to happen to it. And you're like, oh, I can't figure out why I'm not, you know, because you've allowed the enemy to come in. All he needs is a crack. All he needs is a little the opportunity to get in. Uh, uh, yesterday, we had our food pantry, and Pastor Robert brought this out in our, our talking to the food pantry. But he talked about how, how the enemy is a rat. And you know the rat only, or a mouse needs only a little bit to get in to somewhere. 
See, when we open ourselves up to offense, when we open ourselves to unforgiveness, when we open ourselves up to that stuff, the enemy comes in and he will begin to torture us in all kinds of different ways. But this is the moral of the story. Verse 35, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now that sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? Right? Because it seems like Jesus is pointing out that anyone who does not from the heart forgive his brother or sister, that God won't forgive them either. That's kind of a weighty thing that Jesus says. But, and so I'm not sure about you, but I, I man, it brought up some questions inside my head. So the, the first question I kind of started wrestling with, so if I'm struggling to forgive someone, does that mean God takes away my salvation? And the answer is absolutely not. He doesn't. God's forgiveness is not based on your works. See, God's forgiveness and salvation are based solely on the acceptance of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. So it's by faith, not by your works. Ephesians chapter 2 says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God. And then the next verse says, not of what? Works, lest anyone should boast. So your forgiveness, your salvation is not based on works. So the fact that you, know, you haven't forgiven and you're, you're, you're struggling doesn't take away from your salvation. You're just not going to get the fullness of what God wants for you in your life. It brought me to the second question. How do I forgive completely from the heart when I'm so hurt and angry? You ever been there before? Well, here's the thing. You can't. At least not in your own strength and your own ability, because that's how we try to do it most of the time. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But no, you know what? There's that little thing that creeps up inside of it. You remember last week we talked about the two different coaches? There's that one coach, that flesh, that says, no, you hang on to that, man. You hold on to that. You need it. Where the other one, yeah, we need, we need to walk in forgiveness. We need to forgive so you can't do it in your own ability and your own strength. And, and really, if you think about it, um, that's actually kind of um, an embedded part of this in really every parable because it, it's causing the hearer, hearer to realize the huge difference between God's kingdom and man, what mankind thinks and even how mankind acts. And there's such a huge difference between the kingdom of God. Remember, we live in an upside-down kingdom, Right? Kingdom of God is upside down. And so when we want to hold on to things here on this earth, the kingdom says, let them go. That's upside down. That, that's irrational. That doesn't make sense. How can I do that? Well, you can't do it in your own power and your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit active in your life. I mean, this thing, it, it, it's just kind of so large and, and, and it's vital because we need to, to, to live in forgiveness. And in Matthew chapter 18, I think there's the four times 
uh, the word forgive and forgave is used. And so then the Greek word to that is um, aphiomai. Okay? I said it. Ooh. Usually I mess them up. That's why I said that. But this is what it means. Okay? So four times he said. He said to set free, to let go, to expunge the debt, release from all liability, or to liberate completely. And then scholars tell us that this word was used in a secular sense uh, in New Testament times, and it's a reference to canceling a debt um, or releasing someone from the obligation of a contract, a commitment, or a promise. So basically it means to forfeit any right, listen, to hold a person captive to a previous commitment or wrong that was committed Think about that. That's what he's saying. Someone does something to you, somebody, and yes, I understand there are past hurts and past, even deep, deep wounds. But we should be on the the pathway with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Word of God, with the help of, of, of this supernatural transformation taking place in us. We should be at least on a pathway towards healing. And forgiving. And saying, yeah, I recognize that wasn't right, but you know what? I am on a pathway to to bring wholeness to my life. I'm on a pathway to bring wholeness to my relationships. So uh, if we look at that then, according to uh, God's word and really even the parable, as Christians, listen, as Christians who have been given, forgiven of much, haven't we? Everyone shake your head. Yeah, you're following me, right? Okay. As Christians who have been forgiven for so much, you and I don't have the right, you and I don't, shouldn't hold people hostage to their past actions. Woo! That's tough. That's hard. Because you remember that coach, the flesh coach? Oh, no, you can't let them get away with that. You can't let them diss you like that. You can't let them hurt you like that. You cannot. Again, upside down kingdom. And so Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? You can't hold, these, you can't hold them hostage to their past actions or the things that they've done in their life. If they come to you and repent and ask for your forgiveness, then forgive them. Let it go. And listen, That even includes even if they don't come to you and ask for forgiveness. We are still supposed to forgive them. We are still supposed to let it go, right? You'd sing the song if you want. Let it go. Let it go. Right? You could sing that song as a reminder. I got to let it go. They might think you're weird. But it might just work. You just never know, right? But we've got we've to be able to let him go. I mean, you think about it. Jesus, when he was on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not. Right? So someone might hurt. Not Maybe it's not even intentional. But man, your feelers are up, and you're just kind of like, oh, they said this or whatever. Man, oh. <laughs> 
What a transformation of our mind to be able to walk away like Jesus walked, said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And you keep on walking in your relationship with Jesus. You're not chained to that uh, slight or that thing that someone said. Man, that, that, that's, let me just say that, that's living in freedom. But man, it's work. But you'll get there. You, you, you'll get there. And then I got one more, one more question. So then how do we just let the pain, the abuse, the betrayal, the deep relational and emotional wounds give, go? How do we just kind of let them go? Because that kind of does feel impossible. Again, you can't do it, right, in your own strength. But, but think about this. Um, the Bible is full of things that he asks you to do, say, think, experience, um, that in and of ourselves are impossible, Right? It just does. I, I would say, um, me, looking at just one thing, um, when I was growing up, there was no way this was even possible for me to stand up in front of people and talk. <laughs> no way. But see, God asks us sometimes to do things that are impossible. Sometimes he might ask you, hey, I need you to just go, go, go and, and forgive that person or talk to that person or, or you know, kind of live this thing out in front of them. No, God, that's so hard. That's incredibly hard. No. But again, the second coach comes in and goes, no, you got to do it. Because you know what? It's going to set you free. But sometimes we think, well, no, the Holy Spirit's telling us that because he wants us to suffer. He wants us to be in pain, make it even worse. But he's like, no, no, the whole intent is so that you can be free. You can be free. You're not holding on to this. But see, it's, it's possible. It's possible to forgive. It's possible to, to let go of, of betrayal or, or to let go of the, these emotional things that we have. It is possible. I'm not saying it, it's like that. I'm not saying it's a snap of the fingers. But see, if you start making a commitment to forgive, then you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to work with you. And, 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 there, and I'll kind of give this as an answer in a sense. Um, scripturally, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So we find in this verse that, you know, the, he's commanding us that, hey, we've got to walk in forgiveness. Basically the same way in Matthew chapter 18. Okay? And, and what's really interesting about those two words in that, that phrase, you know, the, the, the forgiving and forgave, is the fact that it come, they come, that those two words come from the Greek word charis. What charis is, is grace. What's grace? Undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. You don't earn it. When people have forgiven you of something, maybe you didn't really earn it. You, you put, put your foot in your mouth or you said something or you did something and someone goes around, no, that's cool, man. Don't worry about it. It's all good. I've forgiven you, right? And you're like, 
You mean I don't have to like, you know, do a cartwheel, jump over backwards, do all these things? No, you don't at all. See, that's grace being added into your life. And then, again, it says, this is what we're told to do. Forgive one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So that means you forgive even when it's undeserved. You forgive someone even though it's undeserved. See, we're talking about trying to walk in freedom, right? I'm just telling you that that is a key. You might have people that man have popped up in your head already that you're like, oh man, no, no, no. Okay, maybe, no. But you know what he's saying right here? No, that's how we're supposed to walk. We're supposed to live in unforgiveness. We're supposed, I mean, we're supposed to live in, in forgiveness even when it's not deserved. And here's, here's a really cool thing too. It has the words even as in it. And, and what that means is um, to the same degree. So we are to forgive in the same degree that God in Christ forgave you. What? I don't know if I have that ability, Pastor Scott. Oh, yeah, you do. You have that ability to forgive, to walk in that. So when we put it all together with Matthew chapter 18, it tells us what we must do, but Ephesians 4.32 teaches us how we are to do it. Right? It says this again. It says, and be kind to one another, even when they hurt you, even if you have past things, it says, be tenderhearted to someone, forgiving one another even as, even as God in Christ forgave, just as the same exact way. So we have to, 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 to kind of, again, step into this kind of whole, this, this supernatural, really unfathomable flow of God's wholehearted, I guess, gracious forgiveness just as he forgave you when you accepted Christ. He washed it all away. Yet again, we're like, yeah, no, that, no you did that against me. I'm gonna... Man, you know what? God could look at it and say, hey, well, well, slow down, Jack. I don't think there's anybody named Jack in here, but you know what I mean. Slow down. I've forgiven you of all kinds of stuff. So you need to forgive People of all kinds of stuff. John 3.16, right? says, for God so loved the world, the world that rejected him. Think about that. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting everlasting life. So forgiveness comes and grace abounds into your life, right? Forgiveness comes and grace abounds. Undeserved. When I look back at, at my track record uh, of stuff that was before Christ and probably even in Christ, I think, I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve what, what, what Jesus has prepared for me in heaven. I don't, ha- I don't deserve any of it because, you know what? It, it wasn't all that great. But see, I get it because of the undeserved, unfathomable, 
reality of salvation, reality of his love and his grace. And so with the same forgiveness Jesus gave to us, we need to pattern our forgiveness to others. Okay, which leads us to our second truth that Jesus is pointing out in Matthew 18. Second truth is we can only give what we have received. Okay? Matthew 18.32 says, Then his master, after he had called, called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? So here the king is. Again, remember, he, he, he forgave this enormous debt and the, because the servant had pleaded with him, right? So here now we're, we're, getting, we're starting to see Jesus' point is growing clearer, right? That, that God, who is the king in the parable, has forgiven those, you and I, who believed in his son Jesus, he has forgiven our enormous, unfathomable debt, unpayable debt of sin. Sin that really should have earned us Wrath and judgment. But instead, he gave us what we don't deserve. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. But see, we've got to receive that forgiveness. Oftentimes we don't. We allow the enemy to say, yeah, that's just messed up. He's not going to forgive you of that. Nope. He's not, you're, you're just this, you're, you're that, you're, 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 you're just, you look ugly in God's eyes. <laughs> God's like, I don't see you that way. But see, what we do is we allow the enemy to, to begin to, to put that inside of us. We allow the enemy to, to, to begin to just let that grow, and we let it grow. We even water it sometimes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I am the, yeah, he, he no. Nah, nah, water, water. You know, with the words that we speak or the way that we allow the enemy to do. But see, the reality is, is that, you know, we just need to understand that we, we have been covered by the blood of Jesus. We have been forgiven. We have been released from the penalty of sin. And the, the, and the crazy thing about it, the best thing about it, is not only are we released from our penalty of sin, the Bible says he turns around and he blesses us. Man, we don't deserve that. But that's what the Word, the word of God says, Ephesians chapter 1. This is what it says. It's uh, verses uh, 3 through 7. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are what? United with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without, without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us uh, to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him what? Great pleasure. See, he, he knew all the junk. He knows all your stuff. He, but... To him, it was like, no, I want you. I want you. I'm looking beyond that. I want you. Because I, I see with different glasses. I see with a different lens. And you know what? 
It's going to be me, bring me great pleasure to have you in my kingdom. Yeah, are you going to mess up sometimes? Yeah. But you know what? Man, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to cover you. And then it says, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son, his glorious grace. His glorious undeserved favor is on your life. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Think about what a gift that is. What a blessing that is. But, but here's the thing I need you to understand. That's your promise. That's your promise. Your sins have been wiped out. Your sins have been totally, totally removed. You have been forgiven, but we have to truly receive that forgiveness in our heart. See, we we walk around with our baggage of our past, right? That's why I love, like, kids' ministry is awesome, because kids don't have baggage. Most of them don't, right? And so you're able to talk and, and, you know, love on them and just, you know, share the gospel and share things with them, and they don't have the But see, when we get to be adults, Man, the enemy has loaded us up with so much baggage that we carry around. Right? I mean, picture yourself just carrying a backpack. And man, every time you do something wrong, the enemy comes and drops another rock in there. Drops another rock, drops another rock. And sometimes you just see people just barely just sludging through life. Because we can't even forgive ourselves. So if I can't forgive myself, how in the world is God going to forgive me? But the, the thing is, is God's already forgiven you. It's time to forgive yourself. It's time to say, God, you know what? All of that stuff, all those things I've done, all those things or whatever, I'm going to push to the side. I'm going to give it over to you. And I'm going to take this stupid backpack that the enemy has me carrying. And I'm just going to leave it at the door. And I'm going to begin to forgive myself because you have forgiven me. And when I do that, then I can forgive others. Because really, think about this. You can't give something away that you don't have or own. Can you? Adam, I want to give you a billion dollars. I don't have a billion dollars, but I'd love to give Adam a billion. And Adam's like, amen, brother. Let's go. Right? Yeah. From God's ears or whatever. To, yeah. Um, but, but you understand. I mean, that's a little bit funny. But you understand? I can't give away what I don't know. And so if I have not received this flow of forgiveness from God, I can't give it to anybody else. And that's where we've got to get to the point where we begin to understand that, you know what? I've got to first, man, probably work on my own life to get this uh, this forgiveness from God to the point where I'm, I'm okay. God, God forgives me. So then I can turn it, turn it around. See, we just got to own it. We got to own it. Um, you know, in, there's a, um, a, a passage in scripture, right? That, that, that just talks about, you know, um, freely give, freely you receive. But one of the things I think we have to understand is that we need to think in our heads, I am forgiven 
Freely I receive forgiveness, therefore I freely give forgiveness. Say it with me. I am forgiven, freely I receive forgiveness, therefore freely I give forgiveness. Kind of, you kind of see the pattern? I get into the flow of forgiveness. God's forgiven me. I understand it. I receive that forgiveness. Now then I can turn around and give forgiveness to someone else. And so now we step into our our third and final point. Once we have stepped into that flow of God's supernatural grace gift of, of forgiveness, then we must fully and freely extend forgiveness to others. You knew that was coming, right? You just knew it was coming. I set you up. In Matthew 10, Jesus instructs his disciples as they were being sent out. This is what I was referring to a little bit earlier. It says, and, um, and as you go, preach, right? So what are they preaching? Repentance. Saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And then he says this, freely you have received, freely give. Now, I was thinking about that. The disciples had received forgiveness. Because some of them made some pretty dumb mistakes, right? Or spoke out of turn or said some things. But they had received forgiveness. And the other thing about it is they had watched Jesus give forgiveness, right? If you read some of the things and Jesus says, hey, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And so it, 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 it's understanding that, you know what, if you have freely received the fullness of the forgiveness, this unfathomable um, thought process of, 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 of salvation and, and forgiveness, if you've received it, then you have the ability then to go ahead and begin to give it freely to others. But see, that happens because of the supernatural power of God working in you. The supernatural power working in you, in, even in them, right? In the moment. Now I think that was me and my mic. And it's not by your own strength, okay? I do not want you to think that you are able to forgive people really in your own strength. Because a lot of times we try to do it in our own strength and we hold on to it, right? We hold on to that. We, we keep it. Oh, God, I give it to you. It's like that thing, cast your care on them for the cares for you, right? Think about fishing. We cast it out there. Oh, yeah, God, I give it to you. Great. But what, we, have what it, we, we have a habit. We roll it back in. When we see that person, oh, yeah, I just don't know about you. I'm just going to be angry with you all the time. So we can't get hung up on that, Okay. I mean, even in, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, pray this way, right? This, this truth is applied. What did he say? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Wow, that's powerful. That's, that's the prayer that the disciple says, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he, he gives that. What? I'm supposed to be a person who walks in forgiveness just like the Father forgave me? Yes. 
a resounding yes. And then in Colossians, Paul reveals that the character of a believer, right, and how we're supposed to live this out in our relationships. Colossians 3, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, did you know you're the elect of God? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the elect of God. Right? Okay. I know you don't believe that because you didn't say it very convincingly. You said, no, 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 no. Just, just laying it out there. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. So you must do. So just as Jesus forgave us, we are told to live in a forgiving way, right? We are to forgive one another. That, that's, that's this whole kingdom forgiveness program, right, that we, that we need to be a part of, to sign up for, because Jesus wants us to be a part of that kingdom forgiveness program. Right? And I think sometimes even forgiving someone of a debt and not holding it over them and not, you know, saying, oh, I'm just so angry, I'm not going to talk, da, 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 da. I think sometimes when we walk in that forgiveness, that might even draw them closer to a relationship, a possible relationship with Jesus. Because you know what? We've shed the, the weight. We've shed those things, taken off that backpack, no longer carrying it because now we're a a people who understand, you know what, I want to be free. And part of that freedom is me just forgiving no matter how far back in the past, which is so hard. I'm not discounting that. But no matter how far back in the past or how present in the future, I got to walk in forgiveness. I got to be able to forgive what that person did to me. And how that plays out, I, you know, the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll teach you. He might say, hey, you need to call that person. That sometimes is hard. I've been there. And it's like, you know that coach from last week? No! And the coach from this week? Or, or the, 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 the Holy Spirit? So, the key is, first and foremost, right? We've got to receive God's gift of forgiveness. That's, that's the key. You've got to start there. You've got to understand that God has forgiven you. If you have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, He has forgiven you of your sin. Now, did, just as an example, if you sinned on your way to church today, then just make it right. Father, I know I messed up. I got mad. I got angry. I kicked the dog. I did this. I did that. Whatever it is. Is kicking a dog a sin? I don't even know. Don't do it, though. Don't do it, right? All the pet pet lovers are like, Pastor Scott, don't go there. I would never do that. I've never done that. But I don't even know where I'm in now. But we've got to be able to receive this gift of forgiveness. 
his, his gift. It's, it's just, doesn't make any sense. How, how in the world could he forgive me? But he does. Just make it right, right? But see, if we don't receive his forgiveness, then you know what? There won't be a flow of God's grace from the Father to you. He wants to just pour it upon you. He wants it cascading in your life. But see, if we don't receive this gift and understand that I've been forgiven, so therefore then I can forgive others, it just, you're, you're, you're clogging up the river or the, 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 the flow that God wants to release to you, to others. But I think when we understand that, we begin to kind of walk in it and understand the enormous ongoing debt that really we we have and how God so graciously and completely continually releases us from it. I think we then we can find when we begin to extend this grace to others, we'll find out that it's pretty possible to do it. It's pretty easy to do it. And I think what's really cool too, it'll be gratifying, right? We like to do things that, that kind of bring gratification, right, to us. Kind of, oh, yeah, that's really good. Oh, hey, I gave that guy a dollar bill. He was on the street and I gave him a dollar. I kind of feel good about myself. Well, you know what? When you begin to forgive people, I think the Holy Spirit goes, yeah, bro, or yeah, sister. And you kind of get this gratifying sense of, man, I, I, man this is freedom. My backpack and all that stuff is gone. There's this gratifying thing to it. So, just to say this, there's lots of stuff that we're going to cover. Lots of stuff coming. It's just about this supernatural flow of forgiveness and how it works. How to heal from a broken heart. But today we just wanted to lay the foundation and I, and I think you can put it up on the board just as a reminder. There's a flow to forgiveness. We can only give what we have received and we must fully and freely extend forgiveness. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.